Welcome to Aircrew Interview, I'm Mike Young, your host, and in this interview we chat with former CH-46 Sea Knight pilot, Hugh Breen. Hugh chats about what it was like to become a helicopter pilot, the role of the Sea Knight, and generally just shares some brilliant stories from his flying career. If you enjoy our videos and podcasts and would like to support the channel, you can do this by helping us out monthly at patreon.com forward slash aircrewinterview, which allows us to continue to create new content every month and grow as a channel. I also want to thank our sponsor, Laco Watches, who are one of the original companies to produce pilot watches for the Luftwaffe during World War II. They produce both A and B dial watches in different sizes to suit all tastes, which adopt the look of times gone by but still satisfied modern demands. You can check out all their models and products via www.laco.d. Thank you. And the flying, though, we flew so many more hours. Like, I, I, got, I was with a guy... Uh, a, a Marine captain who flew Harriers and um, on my deployment. And he, he and I were comparing our logbooks and then and we were both on our second deployments and I was coming up on a thousand hours in model and he had maybe 350 hours. So, so <laughs> yeah. now that's time in the seat. Some of that time is like sitting on a ship, you know, the deck of a ship. You're not literally flying, but we didn't discount that time. It would have been crazy. Right. Um, but you just had a, you had a much, you had a really broad, you just flew everywhere. We would fly off the ship in the, you know, and, and do go all over the place. I remember one time when we were coming back, we had a, a Marine fall during a fast roping exercise and he broke his femur. He was badly injured. And my boss at the time, uh, Bill Personius and I forget who Dave, uh, Dave Strasner, I think was on that maybe, but they had to fly to Bali to drop this guy off for a medevac. And when they got there, they unloaded the guy, and then the the, the the Bali, the guy in the tower goes, oh, you don't have government approval to leave? And he kind of did one of those where he's like, uh, sorry, can't hear you. Uh, we're just going to depart to the south. <laughs> and they just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are they going to do, send the Bali Air Force after us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, having that, having that just mindset to go, how much trouble could I really get into? Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had to think on your feet, but it was a, I have to say, I did all of that by the time I was 25. Jesus. I mean, you think about, you think know, about like, what I was doing, I was 25 years old, nothing like that. <laughs> Certainly not. I was 23 when I got to the fleet, you know, and 24, 25, 26, I, you know, I was responsible by the end of on my second deployment. I was an aircraft commander. I was assistant detachment OIC. I had, a, I, had I was responsible for this aircraft, all the people in it all the, the stuff that carried in it. Sometimes people in the military don't appreciate what they've actually done when they try when they go off into civilian world. I, I kind of, uh, I've been actually, I help, uh, I try to help, uh, vets when I can help, kind of get them to realize what, what they have done and equating it into the civilian world. It's one of the things I kind of do on the side with some friends and just, if anyone needs help, I try to help them out with that. But yeah, your responsibility is crazy. Uh, 23 years old, I'm responsible for flying this $30 million aircraft and all this stuff in it. It's awesome. It's a great, looking back on it, you can see it makes me even excited talking about it. I remember the day I got my wings, uh, I got, I had this, and I, a license plate just identical to this. Now, by the end of flight school, I no longer had my 300ZX because you, ne- you couldn't afford it. 
<laughs> no one could afford that. <laughs> the insurance was way too much, so you trade it in. I was driving a little Nissan Sentra, a little tiny four-door, you know, like a Ford Focus, basically. Yeah. But I remember the day before winging, I went out and put one of those license plates on my car. Uh, this one here, I think you can see it here. Uh, and I had that on. I've got it. I've had awesome. it on every car I've owned since. Uh, oh, since I'll, I'll be doing the same. Was driving. <laughs> Can you sum up what the best parts or the best characteristics of their 46 were and any, you know, let's sure. share one memorable story because I'm, I'm sure you have a million, but just one. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, so the, the, the coolest thing about the 46 that people don't realize is that uh, just it was very unique. So this aircraft okay, has counter-rotating uh, rotors, but what people don't realize is that in order to go forward, you actually... Uh, increase the pitch uh, on the aft rotor and decrease the pitch on the forward rotor. So it okay. literally pushes like that, right? Right. right. And uh, now when you turn them side to side, they go, both rotors go, uh, you know, they tilt left to right. But one of the things they did in order to uh, to compensate for really high, uh, a rear high um, kind of a nose low position is you also had a, a gizmo inside the helicopter that would trim the swash plates forward. And so, so the aircraft would come up underneath. So as you went forward, the rotors would actually, both of them would trim, trim down, which is kind of a, a cool thing. That's the cool. other interesting thing about the 46 was it was completely deployable into the field. You could operate it without a cart. So for example, the starters were all hydraulic mm -hmm. and the way you would start it up in the field was you would go in the back and it had a hand crank and you would pump up an accumulator with pressure to uh, start the APU, and that's how you would start the APU. So you'd pump up the uh, accumulator, push the button in the front, and hopefully the APU would start, your auxiliary power unit. You'd flip that on, and that would give you all your hydraulic and your electrical power. So it was kind of unique in that regard. Uh, it, it was, it, there's, not completely, but it made it kind of a little more easier to deal with in the field. So those were just two unique things about it. And then just having all that space in the back. We had a we got up one Friday morning, me and my buddy Rob, we we decided, well, the, earlier that week, we go, let's go on a training mission and we'll go to do uh, instrument flying, but we'll fly to Vegas, but we'll go through Edwards. And okay. so Edwards Air Force Base, which at the time, you know, I don't know how we did that, but we called up and you had to get a thing called a PPR, I think is what it was called. And that was permission to land. Mm -hmm. And they gave us one out of the blue, like on a Friday morning. And so we flew up there and we, we went and landed right there at Andrews Air, uh, Edwards Air Force Base. And we saw a B-1 bomber and we were, we were like the only helicopter parked on this huge apron. But they came out, they gave us gas, kind of hung out there for a little while. There were all kinds of airplanes flying around. But the coolest thing is when you leave there and then we're heading over to Vegas, you see the run, you know, the five mile long runway out on the salt flats. But they also have a giant um, compass rose down there on the desert. Yeah that you can see from space. And so that was really cool. Um, cool. Let me just, oh, I, I wrote this down because I wanted to mention it. So I was never, I, you know, I would never, I could never have been an astronaut or anything like that, but I loved astronaut stuff when I was a kid. My dad knew, met an astronaut at an executive training thing because he was a government guy. And he gave me this book and it was all the Apollo missions to the moon. Well, it turns out in the summer of 89, I was waiting at Pensacola Naval Air Station at the terminal there, and John Young lands his T-38, the astronaut, oh. right? Lands his T-38, jumps out, and he's in his blue flight suit. 
And I'm like, oh, that's the, that's the guy who walked <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> right? Hello. Oh, and he also, wait, wait, he flew Gemini. He walked on the moon. Oh, and uh, he flew the first space shuttle mission. Okay, yeah. I got to walk up to him. I said, I said Captain Young, I go, how you doing? I'm Ensign Brian. I just did uh, a flight training. He goes, hey, man, how you doing? Good luck. <laughs> he just walked that's by. Awesome. But <laughs> it was really cool. So, so I met that's that cool. guy. And, and then just a couple other things. Uh, uh, I became a big fan of, uh, the Astro- of, of the Apollo program in the late 90s when Tom Hanks came out with that From the Earth to the Moon yeah, yeah, after yeah. the Apollo 13 movie. And so I got all these books. I started reading all the books about it. But then I met um, a guy named Frank Colbertson, who was an astronaut. Met him on a flight going to Denver, just on a whim. I had an iPad, or he, I, oh, I had my laptop out, and I had a 46 as my, you know, my, uh, my background. He goes, oh, are you a naval aviator? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I flew F-14s. And he said, oh, really? Oh, when? Da-da-da. He was like class of 71 from the Naval Academy, so he was obviously older. Mm-hmm. Then he goes, well, then he, then he kind of just slipped this in. He goes, well, you know, back on STS, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of threw it out there like nothing. I go, STS? Whoa, whoa. I go, are you an astronaut? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, yeah. He goes, as a matter of fact, I, li- I did the first night shuttle landing. What? And I was also the, the, the commanding, uh, I was also commanding officer of the ISS on 9-11. So they got to see all those pictures from the 9-11 wow. uh, tragedy. And he, he told me he had taken those pictures. Then uh, there's an astronaut named Sunny Williams. I mean, I, I don't know her anymore, but we went through flight training together. She's got the most hours in space of all the female astronauts. And I think maybe all the astronauts now. Uh, Sunny, she was a cla- Academy class of 87 person, yeah. a graduate. She's pretty nice. She flew uh, 46s on the East Coast. Uh, and then I met a guy named Tom Jones. We were, I was doing a refresher class over at the airport here locally. And there were like 25 people in the room. And they go, hey, introduce yourselves. And everyone went around the room. I go, hey, I'm here. I flew helicopters in the Navy. And this guy next to me goes, I'm uh, Tom Jones. I worked for NASA. And then, <laughs> and then I go... And I look at him, I go, I look familiar, and I go, oh, he's so full of shit. So I walk up to him after, I go, dude, you're an astronaut, right? He goes, yeah, but just, you know, I got a book, <laughs> he goes, I got a book coming out. I go, why didn't you tell everybody? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, you met there's some awesome people. Yeah, you know, I like to learn about space. I watch all the, there's a bunch of cool uh, YouTube channels on, on the space program, mm-hmm. Vintage Space. There's a gal who does all these great videos on Vintage Space. I also still like to fly airplanes, although I'm medically down right now for just some medication stuff. I got to get sorted. So that's a bummer. That's a big dent in my flying. Mm. But uh, I like cars. I got a, I have a dragster in my garage, which is kind of cool. I have a Dodge Demon, which is really fast. Um, and I have my kids, you know, and I have a great life. You know, things are, I'm very blessed. So, Hugh, what happened after your Navy flying career? Yeah, so what happened was is when I was at the end of uh, my tour, the XO came in and said, you know, you have to go. You, he, the executive officer of the squadron was the number two, second in command. He would um, kind of counsel you, you, you know, tell you what you ought to do next. And he goes, because I wanted to go to Pensacola and be a flight instructor because I love flying. And he goes, negative, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, you're going to go to the Naval Postgraduate School and get a master's degree. And I was like, what? <laughs> I go, wait a minute. 
I go, XO, I, I barely graduated college and you're going to send me to graduate school, like where you have to do like calculus and physics mm -hmm. and computer science stuff. And he goes, yep. I go, come on. So he goes, just go up there and visit the place. So I took a, took a, me and a, me and my buddy Rob again, went on a cross country flight up to, uh, up to, uh, Monterey and I visited the place. I go, this place is like magic land, right? It's Monterey, California, <laughs> Pebble beach is right there. You're literally on the ocean. I lived two blocks from the ocean. It's just a little bit cold. There's a lot of fog, but, but, and all you do is go to college. Like you don't even wear a uniform. You literally wear a jacket and, and khakis, maybe a tie or a turtleneck, ride your bike to school every day. And that's all you do. Can't and you get a master's degree. Right. So at first I was like, I don't know. He goes, listen, Hugh, he goes, Every, if you want to track, you want a career. And at the time I wanted to be a career pilot or a naval officer. He goes, just get your master's degree. Every guy who's got command has a master's degree. Just do it. I was like, all right, you sold. So I went up there for two and a half years. Uh, uh, you then have to pay back your time. And during that time I had some family <laughs> stuff happen. So just things changed. And I decided maybe I didn't want to be a career. Maybe I shouldn't go back to sea, whatever. I had little kids, just my ex-wife at the time, or my wife at the time was not real keen on it. So I made some career changes, but I ended up, then I ended up coming back to, after I graduated, I had a master's degree in information technology. I mean, in 1995, right? That's mm -hmm. when the internet was taking off. Yeah. So I spent four years in DC working at the Defense Information Systems Agency. And, you know, being a junior officer in DC, unless you got some pull or you got a guy, you know, your career, it, I just didn't know how to manage that. So I ended up saying, you know what, I'll just get out. I got out in 99 and got into the software industry and I've been doing that ever since. And it's been very, very good. It's done great. And I, you know, if you put it on a scale, I didn't have to go to sea and I didn't have to go to war uh, the second time when my kids were growing up. I mean, I would have, if someone called me up, I would have gladly gone, but I was out and, and I didn't. So I got to be with my kids and see them grow up. So you know, there's a balancing act there. You know, as much as I hated all that to have happened to get out of the Navy and not fly in the military anymore, you know, you just got to look at where the upside is. Well, I have a great career and I see my kids, et cetera. You know, so that's that's what happened. Now I've done a bunch of startups and um, yeah, it's been great. It's really fun and um, probably, you know, going to retire sometime soon. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know nice what you. I do if I do. Well, you've, you've <laughs> certainly had a, an amazing career, and I think like you know everyone may be yeah. enviable of what you have done. But uh, let's go into a personal side. Uh, there's a few sure. questions for you. So uh, yeah. apart from flying, uh, let's say, or uh, yeah. aviation, uh, do you have any hobbies? Yeah, um, I like to re. re uh, well, kind of. I'm still kind of a computer nerd, so I'll do some hacking on my computer. Mm -hmm. um, I. I've been getting into cars as I get older. So I have a, a, I have a really cool Dodge Demon in my basement or in my oh, garage, nice. which is basically a dragster with a factory warranty. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, a, I probably won't work on it, but I'm going to take it to the track hopefully this summer, maybe run it. But it's amazing. You know, I go to Cars and Coffee here in, in uh, Great Falls, Virginia. It's one of the premier kind of car meetups on the East Coast. And there are million dollar Ferraris that roll in there. Like, you know, a Ferrari Daytona will pull in or wow. there's literally a row of 2911s. 
but it's cool. I'm the only Dodge Demon that pulls in there, right? <laughs> with a, so much good with the horsepower of 840 horsepower and, you know, dragster tires on it. So it's kind of fun. It's, it, that is a hobby just because when you have a cool car like that, you insta- instantly belong to a club, right? And that's yeah. kind of nice, right? It's like flying. Like, you go down to the airport, you can just hang out at an airport and talk to people about flying all day. They, You know, it's just you instantly belong to a club, which is really great. Absolutely. Um, I also have two children. I've got 24 nieces and nephews that all live fairly close. I'm close with a lot of them. Um, so they're, they're, they're fun to hang out with. And, uh, yeah, I like to shoot guns. I got lots of guns. We have a great um, shooting range uh, near our house. And uh, I've taken a couple of combat shooting classes, which is really, really an interesting kind of thing to learn. It's, you know, it's a tool. There's a lot of responsibility around mm-hmm. it. You have to... You know, so my son does that and my, a bunch of my nephews. And so we go to the range. Uh, you know, that's always fun. It's an interesting hobby to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, that's that's probably good. Good. Probably everything I've been doing lately. And the favorite aircraft or helicopter you've flown in your career? Uh, well, well, I got to say the the ride in that A4, I'll never forget. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but... You know, um, there were a lot, I guess the part, there were so many aircraft I wish I could have flown, to be honest with you. Uh, um, but I like flying and any airplane to me is meaningful. I like the idea of the art, if you will. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but the art of flying, like um, how do you just flying stick and rudder skills? That's why I don't think I could ever be an airline pilot, you mm-hmm. know, like um, but if I could fly anything. Boy, I don't know. I'd love to fly the I, I'll tell you what I like to do. I'd like to fly that that space shuttle Gulfstream simulator aircraft they would use to do the simu- the approaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Gulfstream, I think it was a G four or G two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still had, NASA, still had that, <laughs> and had that retractable front gear. Yeah, and they would do those, you know, those approaches. I would love to have done that once. Um, but I think you know the forty six because that's what I flew. I did fly an H three. I flew with the actually one last little quick story the. There was an army detachment on at, Nav- at North Island when I was there, and there was a couple of warrant officers that were doing drug ops on the border. And so I met these guys in the in the bar, and I became friends with them. And the one guy goes, "Well, we fit, fly single pilot." He goes, "You want to come fly with me one day?" And I was like, "Sure." So we get in this little, uh, what it would have been OH fifty eight Alpha, like an old one with not the four rotor one, the the old mm-hmm. two rotor yeah, yeah. two 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 blade. And we went out to the desert, and oh my God, it was fifty feet and below. Like the, we, the Navy didn't fly like that, but this Army guy, we were going up over mountains and just down the other side. So that was a cool experience. But I, I would have flown as many airplanes as they would have let me. But obviously, the forty-six was was great to fly the mission that we did. It was it was really fun. But I, I wish I could fly more aircraft. It'd be awesome. Well, Hugh, thank you very much for being on the show. It's been great to hear your story and, you know, sharing a bit about your time on the Mighty 46. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mike. It was great. Thanks for doing this. I kind of sent you that email out of the blue and I figured, what the hell? I, you do such a good job on these. I thought I want, I'd love to participate. So thanks for having me on. It's been really fun. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Hugh. All right. Cheers. <laughs>